Welcome to King Solomon and the Stoics, a project of denvercolel.org. In this episode, we're going to discuss ambition and drive, and try and understand the difference between positive ambition and negative ambition. Positive ambition leads a person to great places. It allows a person to enjoy the journey, to appreciate that the journey is the reward, and to really go far. But negative ambition ultimately trips a person up because they achieve, they finally achieve that milestone that they were yearning and searching for only to find it an empty promise. And what does that do to their ability to move on in a really positive way? It's very debilitating. And so we must understand the difference between positive ambition and negative ambition. Chapter 6 of Ecclesiastes of Kohelis opens up with Solomon talking about an evil that he sees under the sun that afflicts many people. And this is with a man that God gives much wealth, property, honor, and he doesn't lack anything to his soul. He has everything that his heart desires. And yet God does not give him the ability to enjoy the fruits of his labor. He doesn't give him the ability to enjoy that which he's acquired. And what's the secret? What's the secret of this lack of content, contentment? What's the secret of this person who cannot appreciate the gifts that he has? Let's take a look at verse 7. Verse 7 discusses a person. It says, All of man's toil is for his mouth, and the soul too is not complete and not filled. And again, it seems to describe a person, a soul, that is not filled, that's not completed, that is always searching, never content. That sounds like the same problem that verse 2 describes. But the sages paint a very, very different picture. And this picture allows us a insight into the difference between positive and negative ambition. It's such a powerful concept. The sages explain, verse 7, that it refers not to a man who is not content and always striving for more property, but rather, verse 7 refers to the human condition itself. Verse 7 refers to the fact, as the sages put it, man is like a princess married to a peasant. Man is like a princess married to a commoner. And the sages say if the commoner will bring the princess all the valuables that he's aware of, he brings her all the delicacies that he's, delicacies that he's aware of, all the jewels that he knows of, all the gold that he can put his hands on, it will not satisfy the princess. Because the princess is used to a completely different standard of living. One that the commoner has absolutely no concept of. And so the princess is never satisfied. Ramchal and Maral explain this refers to the human condition. The soul. The soul is something of such spiritual lofty heights. And yet it is placed in this physical material existence. And so the soul is never satisfied. And what this means, it's not a negative thing, but it's a positive thing. Maral explains this is what gives rise to the human being full of potential full of self-actualization waiting to happen. And a person can never be fully self-actualized so long as he lives in this material existence because the greatness of the human being knows no end relative to the world we live in. In the world to come, a person comes to their, perhaps in a certain context, their final self-actualization. But so long as a person is alive, so long as a person has ability to choose, they have the ability to express self. All the toil of man, says Solomon in verse 7, is for his mouth. It's for the self-expression of the human being, which ultimately is through the Torah, as we will soon see. However, verse 2 described the person who was missing nothing for his soul. What that means is that his view in life, the fellow in verse 2, his view of life was always satisfied 
whatever urge, whatever desire, whatever drive I have. That's his view of life. He understands, he senses that what's missing is something external to self. And so as Rabbi Dessler explains so beautifully, the person goes to acquire, to gain that recognition, that certificate, that title, that job, that amount of money, having made it in whatever sort of way, that particular car, whatever status symbol, or whatever it is, that are even seemingly positive things that the person might go after and attempt to achieve. They're going for something external to self. And so the moment they receive it and it becomes part of them, they're on to the next thing. They're never satisfied. But again, verse 7 also describes someone who's never satisfied. But that's a positive idea where a person understands they're not looking to bring outside things into self. They're not looking to achieve external superficial titles or place of prominence. That's not the goal. The goal is self-expression. And yes, there's always a greater level of self-expression to be attained. And so the soul in verse 7 is never satisfied because there's always another level to go after. And the very nature of the human being, morale explains, is someone who seeks, yearns, and always has another level of self-expression to attain. Man is called Adam, which is a word that stems from the word Adama, earth, which brings forth potential, always growing. Whereas an animal is a behima, is bama. If you scramble the letters, it means whatever you see, the cow, it is what it is. The human being, whatever you see, you're only scratching the surface of what the human being truly is. Beneath the surface, what lies within the human being is tremendous potential, which always needs to come forth. But again, that potential is not external to self. It's within the self. It needs to be developed and brought forth. We have all the greatness within. We need to express it. That's the job of the human being. The sages in Tractate of Akama, in I believe 3b, explain that man is a seeker. Man yearns. Man strives. By his very nature, that's what it means to be a human being. But this ambition is not about externalities. It's not about something that's not part of us. It's not part of self. Rather, it's about expressing self. That is the nature of this ambition. The morale explains that a person who feels this constant sense that they can always express more, they're constantly alive. They don't feel like they're done, like they've made it, ever. Because relative to the person I can be tomorrow, I am lacking because I can be so much greater by bringing forth more potential. Morale explains the words of the sages in Tractate Shabbos, where they describe Moshe arriving in heaven to receive the Torah. And Moshe arrives in heaven and the angels say to God, why would you give the Torah to a human being, to a deficient, weak human being given to so many vices? And Hashem, God says to Moshe, respond to the angels. And Moshe responds to the angels and says, we human beings are weak. We human beings have vices. And the Torah is the antidote. The Torah gives us the prescription. It gives us the tools to battle those vices, to complete ourselves. You angels, says Moshe, do you have vices? Do you have these human weaknesses that you should need Torah to complete you? Morale explains that specifically Moshe needed to give this response. God could not have responded to the angels. 
And that is because man, the human being that Moshe represents, needs to express the fact that they are deficient, that they are missing, that they await self-actualization, that they await self-expression, and that the Torah allows that ultimate self-expression. Maral in his book, Tferes Yisrael, closes the chapter where he discusses this with the following incredible short paragraph. Maral writes that this concept shows us the divine nature of Torah, the spiritual, otherworldly stature and level of Torah, because the basis of the human being, that the human being is always awaiting self-actualization and self-expression and is never fulfilled by physical, material achievements. Because the human being is comprised of body and soul, and the soul is otherworldly. Material achievements, honor, recognition are never going to fulfill and never going to fill that need of true self-actualization and true human expression. But the Torah, which comes from that same lofty place as the soul, the Torah is what allows the person to truly express and to truly actualize self. That's the beauty of the gift of Torah. So let's understand the greatness of the human being is not something external to self. The greatness of the human being is deep within and that greatness is born forth of expression. And that ultimate expression, as verse 7 describes, is in the mouth, which is a reference to Torah. That ultimate expression comes through a deep study, a deep analysis of Torah, and bringing forth what does it mean to me, and expressing what it means to me, expressing it to others, and making fruits, creating inspiration in my own life, in the lives of others, through the Torah that I bring forth with my deep analysis, with my deep study, with my deep toil. And it's not just study Torah, but living Torah and toiling and struggling through life that brings forth the greatness of the human being. And when that inspires us and when we express that to others and we inspire others, we've truly lived, we've actualized that, that piece of self. So let us go back to our original question. Is ambition a good thing? Is drive a good thing? The answer is it is a great thing but it is very often misunderstood and misapplied. A human being is a seeker, a striver, not an achiever. The point is not to get anywhere. The point is to keep going because when a person keeps going, they're expressing new life each and every time. There's a phrase called canned goods. When a speaker, when a teacher, when a creative person brings forth something and they've just said it a million times, maybe they're just saying it a slightly different way, but it's not something that they're living. It's not something new in a certain sense, even if it's the same concept, but there's no newness to it. They're not expressing life. That is stale. That fails to inspire. If we are going to live an inspired life, we need to always be bringing forth new, something new. And for that, we need to toil, like verse seven says, we need to toil to express our deeper essence. And we have to understand that the goal is not to be filled Maral explains in his book, Netzach Yisrael, that when we live this way, when we always seek to bring forth our greatness within, we live, we operate from a point of strength. We operate from a point of connecting our spiritual greatness with its source, with the Torah, which is the will of God. We are expressing and tapping into our greatness by connecting it with God's greatness. We operate from a position of strength not a position of weakness. But the person who has the improper ambition, who seeks to achieve, 
to get somewhere, to get something. That person is operating from a point of weakness. Their operating mode, the drive in life, is based on void, on lack. That is weakness. That person cannot manage, cannot achieve what human greatness is capable of achieving. This is the joy and, God forbid, the tragedy of proper and improper ambition. All the very best and have a wonderful week.